yo. Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into our West Loop studios here in, well, I guess, in the West Loop. Yeah. yeah. Chicago is, a, is where we are, too. And this is CHGO, which is the <laughs> abbreviations of that great city. Illinois. This is CHGO Sports. Uh, welcome into our West Loop studios. This is Studio A. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow us on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. On the far left from me is Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He is a CHGO White Sox beat writer for our staff. And the man in the middle, the community leader of the CHGO White Mm -hmm. Sox podcast, Herb Lawrence. Come here. I'm going to hug you guys. Community. (laughs) You can follow him on Twitter (laughs) at Ecknerwall. Twenty-three. We're listening instead of the the video right there. <laughs> yeah, like, no. Like next tomorrow morning, like what the hell is going on with that guy in the middle? <laughs> the visuals actually wouldn't of work. Yeah, it's a it's a better audio bit. Uh, on today's show, we'll be talking about Andrew Vaughn in right field. Can the White Sox trust him? We'll also be previewing previewing the Minnesota Twins after they add Carlos Correa in the offseason. and we'll talk about adding a former White Sox to this current roster after Zach Greinke signs with his former team, uh, the Kansas City Royals, and after Albert Pujols signs with his former team the st louis cardinals now uh before we get into all of that Vinny you got a red hot chili pepper shirt on so uh let's let's jump into some band talk here john Frashante coming back to the red hot chili peppers you, you you excited dude they're gonna be at soldier this summer yeah it's, uh yeah Is that on the list uh we'll see that's that's not a cheap ticket over there but uh nothing is no nothing like is. even like resale for like heim at, at northern <laughs> island northernly island is like 200 dollars. yeah it's 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 hard to find a value seat these days for anything but uh yeah i'll give it a listen i was i was going over my favorite albums in the in the car on the way here i was listening of to all Ca- time no of of, oh, of, of chili okay. peppers yeah i was listening to californication on the way down I think I'm a blood blood sugar sex magic fan the most, but uh, and then obviously Stadium Arcadium is pretty good, but yeah, the your Frushanti stuff is is better than your than, than the others. The other stuff, yeah. You, you big pepper guy. I mean, I know the two people. I know Flea and I know Anthony Kiedis. That's it. Well, interesting. Wow, no, no love for Chad Smith. <laughs> I don't, yeah, that's the guy, the guy looks, looks, like yeah, looks like Will Ferrell. I mean, <laughs> they have great sound. It's a Perfect California band. I mean, Anthony Kiedis is one of the best lead men of all time. He's awesome. I mean, that song you, t- you just referenced, Californication, I know it's more of the album, too. Um, I groove to it every time I hear it. It's a great, great album. I mean, I think them and we had the dearly departed uh, Foo Fighters up, uh, Taylor Hawkins, this oh, weekend. Yeah. I think it's hard to hate those two bands. Real hard. Because they just make quality music. And good people, too. Yeah. Well, I mean... I mean, Flea is one of the best bases of all time, right? Yeah. Well, what are you doing over there, Sean? What well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, good people. Yeah, I'm like, what are you, a, you a, him a, and Han? I mean, who's better than Dave Grohl? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not Dave a Grohl, Dave to Grohl me, head, I think. is one of those people that is hardly hated by the mass, mass amount of people. Like, Bill Murray is loved. Dave Grohl is loved. If you hate Dave Grohl, you have a, a specific thing that says nitpicky on you. Not that Dave Grohl did something in particular. As somebody who is a nitpicky person, I do want to find something that I hate about Dave Grohl. Wow. But but wow. I will say right now, it is tough to find a specific uh, thing. I also like how Zach is saying to have me keep uh, your name out of my mouth, even though I have to introduce you. Uh, on a daily podcast. Good job, Zach. So uh, we have to figure out a different name for uh, Uncle Herb uh, because Zach doesn't want me uh, having my name in your mouth. Uh, but Zach will attack you. Sean, you're Zach not a big fan attack. of the uh, the Will Smith situation yesterday. That's what he's referencing there. Oh, keep your oh. name out of my mouth. Yeah, you I guys. Mean, we, me and Zach are not married. No, just want to yeah, clear yeah, that yeah. up. I guess that's why I didn't we're, make the we're connection. We're currently not married. Was that was that a bit? Uh, maybe eventually? Hell, Zach. 
Was that we'll big see. in the household yesterday? The, the whole Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock thing? It was a little big. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't I care want, for it. Yeah. I, I, I just don't like people hitting people who don't. Unprovoked. Let's say that. It, he didn't say the joke to Will. He yeah. said it to Jada. If Jada went up and slapped him, I'd be like, let's go. I'm, I'm not a fan of that, but protecting your woman's honor, it's, it's, it's not the 30s. Come on now. We're almost at the 30s, though. That's weird to say. Yeah, God, 2030s. God, when I say the 30s, of course, I'm mentioning the 1930s. Yes, God. not in, in the upcoming 2030s. I got to find new stuff. I got to upgrade my years. <laughs> <laughs> not the 60s anymore. Every 100 years, it just seems like the other ones just come back every time. You know, it just felt like we just went through the 30s. Yeah. We just went through the 40s. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into some baseball talk before we, uh, you know, because I don't really, I, with the Will Smith thing, you know, that's, that's whatever. Uh, let's talk about former White Sox we would add to this current team. We mentioned Zach Greinke going back to Kansas City after a long uh, uh, absence from the city and then, uh, Albert Pujols, pretty much kind of those two left the uh, the Kansas City and St. Louis at the same time, and now they're coming back home. Uh, so we're going to ask the question, what former White Sox player would you add to this team and its current players uh, who are on different MLB rosters? They don't have to be a current free agent. Uh, they don't have to be on the trade block, but they do have to be active. You can't add Melky Cabrera, who just recently retired, but you can add, you know, let's say Marcus Simeon, Chris Sale, Stop you know. taking people, jerk. Well, it's, I'm just, I'm throwing out names. Who would you add, Herb? I mean, there's only one answer to this, and uh, Kenneth Hawk Harrelson knows who that guy is. Todd Frazier. (laughs) I looked up Todd Frazier's numbers, and I thought, you know, Todd Frazier was uh, pretty bad on the White Sox. He had 40 home runs on that 2016 terrible White Sox. Well, terrible White Sox. It was terrible because they finished, what, third in that that year? But 40 home runs, he was above average hitter for his year and a half here with the White Sox. And, of course, Hawk Harrelson went down out of the press box after Todd got injured in the Texas Rangers game and let Steve Stone do play-by-play for, it seemed like, eternity. I think he only did it for like two and a half innings, but still, by himself. I'm going down there. You take over. Mercy. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go check on Todd. (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't think you were going to actually say Todd Frazier, though. I mean, you and there's (laughs) an added benefit. You keep away Adam Eaton. It's like an Adam Eaton repellent. Yes. Like, like, oh, Andrew Fong got hurt a little bit? Let's call up Andrew and Adam Eaton again. Nope. Todd Todd Frazier's on our team, so no. And he can afford his own mortgage now, so that's good. It's a good thing. It's an old Adam Eaton Frazier thing. Well, and with, with Adam Eaton too. I mean, there's no there's no such thing as a bad year, one year contract, right, Vinny? So you know, if even even if they brought him back, you know, for one year, they can get rid of him real easy, like they did uh, in the middle of last season. Uh, what former White Sox player would you add to the team? Yeah, it's weird because you look at the the, the Royals and the Cardinals moves that you brought up, and it's franchise icons, right? I right. mean, and I don't think anybody, you know, Todd Frazier. Nobody's yeah, Todd <laughs> Frazier. Nobody's adding Paul Canerco. He's retired. No, you know, Frank Thomas been retired for a while. Uh, so I think you got. To go, I mean, Marcus Simeon's the obvious answer. What about uh, what about James McCann? Ooh. Bad year last year in his yeah. first year with the Mets, but to have him as your backup, uh, that's not, the answer right there. Not a bad idea. That is the answer. I, not well, I don't know. It's actually practical. That makes sense. We could have well, we could have a debate here because not only could you go James McCann, but you could go with your guy, the O Dog, Omar Navarez. <laughs> The Narv Dog. The Narv the Dog. O-Dog is Orlando Hugs. Oh, another like, former like, White Sox. Orlando Why? The Narv Dog. The Narv Dog, yeah. He's terrible. Oh, yeah, the Narv Dog would be great. That's a very good call. You get a lefty bat. You do. You know? you it, do. It's, it's an upgrade over Zach Collins. Yeah. You know, he's, he's been out in Milwaukee, Herb. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything is really an upgrade over Zach Collins at this point in his career. I just want him to fulfill what the White Sox think of him. 
just a guy who can get some base, occasionally pops a ball over the fence, and then catches the ball when it's thrown to him. He hasn't done that as yet. We caught the over down uh, no hitter. I thought he was going to progress from there. You know, the metrics don't say that he has. I hope he took, took some time this offseason because it doesn't look like the White Sox are going to be looking for outside forces to be that backup catcher spot. And just took some time to, hey, I'm Zach Collins. I killed at the University of Miami. I was drafted 10th overall for a reason. Let's get to it. Yeah, he seems to be like a quad A player. Like, it, just, it does seem like he's always on that fringe of, you know, he could be an MLB player, just like it never feels like he has enough playing time. Like, I don't know. That's what, that's what it is the most part. I mean, I, I mean – you look at those numbers from the minor leagues, and they're they're eye popping. They're right. so good, and then he comes up here, and I think quietly the on base percentage has been very good. Mm-hmm. It's just that you know he's not getting the consistent playing time, and so when when you get a low batting average combined with very few opportunities, mm-hmm. you feel like the guy's never getting any hits because he isn't. But he's right. you know still getting on base. I, I don't think he's necessarily the, the the best answer for the backup catcher spot on on this roster the oh, way wow. it's constructed. But Sebi. Well, I mean, I think Sebi's the more realistic answer. I, I think the it. best answer is probably somebody who's not on the team right now. But um, I mean, if you if you have to pick, yeah, like, I mean, I, I certainly think Sebi's going to get the nod over over Zach just because of the way the I like contract the James McCann one. That one works. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be fine with making how much money he makes as a backup, <laughs> and he probably wouldn't be a backup on the White Sox. He would probably play a lot of games because of the designated hitter spot is open also. Well, and, and too, like, I mean, we did see how effective it worked in the, the one year we saw it in, in 2020 with, yeah, it was, with McCann you know, and Grindall. Like, only I mean, a few it was games, but yeah. A very, very nice structure. And that's where Collins lost plate appearances, too. I'm Absolutely. looking at his stats right now. Like, only 16 at-bats in that 2020 season for, for Collins. Like, the, the inconsistencies have been there in his playing time. So, you know, he's, he has less than 300 at-bats in his career, Zach Collins. So maybe there is still time. Uh, for Collins to turn around him starting off at triple a which it sounds like it has to happen with Zavala being optioned uh, out of options uh, maybe that would be the best for uh, for Zach Collins here uh, the guy that I'm going to bring up Avi Garcia we talk about franchise icons 2017 <laughs> all-star uh, Avi's had a really nice run to his career after he's left the the south side and I think that Avi in right field especially with our main topic here uh, today being Andrew Vaughn and his defense Avi Garcia Shown the ability to play center field, shown the ability to play right field, still has the speed, still has the power. I think Avi Garcia would be a great add to the Chicago White Sox in 2022. That's my pick. I think that's better than Todd Frazier. Herb. I mean, it is. He's still a current player, and he's actually uh, probably going to be playing center field for the Miami Marlins down there. Got paid. So, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, he, I think Josh Nelson, our guest last week or the week before, said that only five White Sox outfielders since Jermaine Dye have had a two-war It was Maglio Ordonez. Oh, Maglio Ordonez? Yeah, Jermaine Dye was one of them. So Jermaine Dye is one of them, and it's like two Alex Rio seasons. And then Avi Garcia, then that 2000, 2005 or 2017 year where he was mm-hmm. an all-star. And I was like, here we go. The prophecy, prophecy's getting fulfilled. And then he turned back into Avi Garcia, and that's fine. And I'm glad that he's turned into a better player out there with other teams. And, yeah, the Miami Marlins will be probably looking to trade Avi Garcia in the middle of the year because they're the Miami Marlins trying to restock. If we have our, haven't had our right field situation settled then, or these two guys who we're counting on, three guys, fail, it'll be a nice uh, addition to come back to the White Sox. He's only, what, 30? Yeah, 30, yeah. 30 years old. Pretty big contract, though. $53 million for four years. Uh, very similar to the Jose Abreu contract. So, uh, Avi Garcia and Jose Abreu, you know, could be the same player. Well, see, that's the thing is that when Avi Garcia was here, he was supposed to be, Miguel you know, Cabrera. batting cleanup after Jose Abreu. And I think now if you went and got him, he'd probably be batting in that eight spot or something, right? Oh. 
I'd love it. I'd love it. Javi <laughs> Garcia in that eighth spot. And like a second 29 thought. home runs. Oh, it'd be dangerous. And what? And be a second thought. People like, who? Oh, Avi oh, yeah. Garcia is up eighth. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Oh, shout out to Avi Garcia. All right, but that's a you know fun little icebreaker there uh, Guys, to start off the show. What's d- up? Disappointed at all of you. No, no one's going to pick Fernando Tatis Jr. He didn't count. He didn't play in, a, in an actual too. He's he's a minor bum. Leaguers. Is that the, uh, is he even the good? Here? That's a better point. Yeah, is he even good? And he's a bum. And that's, the White Sox. The White Sox have a shortstop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. What? You he wouldn't play, even play on this team. Javi, <laughs> he wouldn't even play. Like where's as Hawkley? Where we play him? Right. I would find a spot for him somewhere in that lineup. I mean, he's hurt. They tried and, putting him in right field. I don't like knuckleheads who ride multiple motorcycle accidents. Come on, Tatis. It's just reckless. He should lose some of that contract. I'm giving you a triangle. <laughs> like, I don't know if there's a certain thing in the contract where doing dangerous things like skiing and or uh, motorcycle riding is strictly prohibited. But ATV I'm sure for Madison it's Bumgarner. strictly prohibited. And did it multiple times. Like, which time do you think I got hurt? Come on now. You have a championship caliber team, even though they fall short every year. And it's one of your best years. You can be actually helping the San Diego Padres get to that next level. And no, it's not going to happen. You have a new manager. Man, I'm just very sad. Keep that guy in San Diego. We had James Shields. And as Vinny pointed out, he wasn't that bad. He was just bad because the trade sucked. And he was bad. And no one and he was fun to talk to. And no one was looking for (laughs) Fernando Tatis when he got traded. Nobody. Not a one person looking listening or looking at this right now was like, Yeah, we traded for Fernando Tatis. Show me it. Come on now. Everybody was like, Yeah, we got seventeen. We have a actual (laughs) starter on this two thousand sixteen team. Let's go. We're not mired in Miyakri anymore. We're going James Shields, and it didn't work out. Yeah, and see, it didn't work out for, for the Padres. Obviously, Fernando Tatis is a bust. They put him in right field. You know, <laughs> they, you know he's, he's not a shortstop like you know, they all thought he w- would be, you know? Yeah. But he, like, that's perfect for the 22 Chicago White Sox. And I think that was like White Jake Cronenworth took him off shortstop, too. Right. Somebody yeah. like, like, he's good, not a guy that, like, oh, we got to make room for Jake Cronenworth. Yeah, for Fernando Tatis, $400 million player, getting upstaged by Jake Cronenworth. What a um, <laughs> A lefty pitcher. If you had to add one lefty pitcher, Chris Sale, Jose Quintana, or uh, Carlos Rodon, which, which one do you take? We know who you're picking. Uh, well, I, I thought it would be too easy, honestly, to throw that question out because of Rodon. But, I mean, you got two, two question marks there in Chris Sale and Rodon with their injury, and then right. Quintana's been bad. Um, but, you know, they're, they're out there. Yeah. Can we get all three of them in this, as a package, and maybe they can <laughs> make, a, make an entire uh, season out of the three of them? With the 28-man let, roster. That let me ask you, figure that out. Mr. Hater of J, uh, Mr. Keichel, Quintana or Keichel? Oh, I would, I would take Keichel. Okay, I'm, Keichel, making sure, I'm making sure your head's right. Keichel's had a better year more recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, his 2020 and 2019 has been better than Quintana's output in the past couple of years. And I, I talked about this on uh, a different podcast. I don't even bring up the name. I'm not even a part of it anymore. You know, it's CHG all the way, baby. Uh, but on, on that other podcast that will not be named, uh, <laughs> we uh, I was going through predictions for 2022 season and I had to give out uh, – most valuable hitter, most valuable pitcher, breakout player, rookie of the year, and then the 2022 Chicago White Sox record. And I, I said that the Sox are going to go 95 and 67. And I said if they get there, their most valuable pitcher will be Dallas Keuchel because he will have to have eaten up innings for them to get there. And, and that way, like, yes, Cease has the ability to, to get to a Cy Young. Giolito has the ability to get to a Cy Young. Lin, Lin obviously... Uh, has the ability to get to a Cy Young. But if those guys consistently are good and, you know, the expectation is them to be good this year, uh, if Keuchel is then good and Keuchel can give them quality innings, uh, you know, 160 innings under a, a 450 ERA, 
the Sox would sign up for that completely. I mean, that, that's that's a bounce back year, I think, in, in everyone's mind. Yeah, I'm, so that's pretty much who I thought the Sox were getting when they signed him initially in the 2020 season kind of skewed those results because I was like, man, this guy is top five in the AL Cy Young. Is he this guy? Is he the guy that was, won a Cy Young back with Houston? Awesome. We are moving forward. Now if he can regain some of that, it looked good. The yesterday he was pitching versus the what, the Angels? Dodgers. The Dodgers, and he looks solid. He looks really solid. I know it's spring training. The results are weird, but – I was like, all right, we slam him for getting hit when Vinny posts one picture of a <laughs> live BP game, and it's Josh Harrison taking him deep. This guy is terrible. Where are we doing? But silence, Jester on Twitter. <laughs> silence when the man's out there dealing. Come on now. I will say, though, I mean, like, you know, his, his method of putting the ball in play, ball gets put in play, Andrew Vaughn has to go chase down one in the camp, and here we are. You know, Andrew Vaughn's out with a hip pointer. That's all I'm saying. Point the segue. Nicely done. I'm not, I'm not blaming Dallas Keuchel. You are blaming Dallas Keuchel, but go ahead. Well, you know, I'll take any opportunity. Uh, before we go in and blame Dallas Keuchel, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the chgo locker that's two thousand dollars in free bets a free chgo membership and a free t-shirt from the chgo locker all for making a more than fifty dollar first time deposit at points bet if you have any questions you can email points bet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out your home for live in-play betting just got even better, introducing PointsBet's newest feature, live college basketball same-game parlays. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. And online sign-up is back and available in Illinois right now. You can download the PointsBet app and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. Plus, during PointsBet's Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. During each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, got to mention... We are here at CHGO. You see on the screen, if you're watching, at CHGO underscore sports. This is CHGO. Welcome in. You get free podcasts. You get free live shows each and every day, Monday through Friday, mostly, and even five days a week. It's not every day. You know, that's, that's a lot I mean, of content. That's it's a, just there. You can wa- listen to it on Saturday if you true. want. That's true. You know, <laughs> I, I went back and watched a couple of our, of our old episodes, but all of the post-game <laughs> watch shows. Watch the tape? Yeah, I'll watch the tape, you know. Gotta, gotta, <laughs> I put it on 1.5 speed, you know. It goes a little bit faster. You know, I don't, I don't have a ton of time, but I could crank out uh, two episodes in an hour just to <laughs> crank up the speed there. Uh, you guys sound like the Micro Machines guy. Uh, but podcast live shows on every team every day and post-game shows are all free here on our YouTube channel, all podcasting services uh, but premium written content for all members at chgo uh, if you become a member at all chgo you'll get access to the premium written content that our, our good friend Vinny over there is cranking out on on a daily and weekly basis uh, you get dope merch for all your team if you sign up to be a member at all chgo you'll get a shirt of your choice from our many options we got a sky one we got a white Sox one we got a blackhawks bears cubs uh chgo like nice designs you got a little flag here we got a flag uh, logo here it's got one on the chest it's really nice you can go get one at allchgo.com when you become a member you get a free shirt when you become a member and you also get access into the chgo lounge the members only discord if you want to chat with us throughout the day we're always in there so being a member at allchgo has its perks go sign up at allchgo.com 
right, I, I blew up your segue that you gave me, but Dallas Keuchel was on the mound in the fourth inning uh, in yesterday's spring training game between the White Sox and Dodgers. Uh, throws a ball, you know, lower, lower zone, gets hit out opposite field into the right center gap. Andrew Vaughn goes and chases it down, dives over the ball, lands awkwardly, throws the ball in, looks like he's going to stand up, ends up getting carted off the field. Sox announced today that he's going to be out for one to two weeks with a hip pointer injury. Vinny, when you see the play, when you see the replay, when you look back, what was your first reaction to the Vaughn injury? It didn't look like a play that would have caused something very serious, uh, and that's from... uh, that's, you know, obviously not from a medical background, but from someone who has watched a lot of serious White Sox injuries over the past few years, uh, it, didn't, it didn't strike me as something like that. It looked like, you know, he landed on his hip and he probably bruised his hip and that's what happened. Now, obviously, those can be bad bruises and those can knock you out for a while, but, uh, they, you know, they, they report today that, you know, a week or two he's going to miss and that's about it. Now, we're, only, we're fewer than two weeks from opening day, so that, you know, could carry into the regular season. We'll see, um, you know, how things progress. They, they basically say the bruise goes away and he'll, he'll be fine. So um, I think a lot of the, the, the stuff that we're going to get into is going to be stuff that has to do with him playing right field. And I think to answer the question that is the title of the podcast and that is sitting right below us on the lower third there, can the White Sox trust Andrew Vaughn in right field? Certainly before yesterday, I would have said yes. And I think the the reasoning being that he played a heck of a lot of corner outfield last year after not really doing it ever before. And we had really rave reviews for him, if not, you know, because he was a gold glover, but because he did what he was supposed to do. You'll, you will remember to last year, not a lot of diving by Andrew Vaughn. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, that was a terrible decision or anything. Hey, he caught the ball, didn't he? But, uh, you know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is Eloy part two. I wasn't thinking, you know, this is Luis Robert, uh, something like that again. Obviously, you don't want to see the tweet. Vaughn guarded off the field. That look, that sounds pretty bad because he's going to be a very important player for this team this year. But um, just in terms of the play... You know, I think he was going for the ball, and that's what you're supposed to do. But, uh, you know, also it's spring training. Right. Even then, like, Herb, <laughs> if he doesn't catch that ball, I'm not going to be upset right. because then he's not injured for uh, one to two weeks. What was your first reaction? I think it's hard to take off the instincts. Like, he's a ball player. And, yeah, he's not an outfielder by trade, but he played there last year. I didn't see anything out in left field that I was like, oh, you cannot play that guy there. Actually, to the contrary, I thought he was solid in left field, even though the metrics don't say as much. Right field is a little tougher. You got to have a stronger arm. Um, Which he has. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so when he dove, I was like, awesome. Go ahead and get the ball. Show him that you have a little athleticism in you. But the injury is tough. And from what it sounds like, it's just a contusion hit pointer, something just wasn't feeling right as we talked about. It's a spring training game. No need to have any discomfort in a spring training game, so just take them out. The cart kind of raised uh, fears a little bit more. People like, okay, if you need the cart to be off the off the field, that's going to be a little tough, but if you know the layout and Vinny, you can speak to us better of that uh, facility. It's much easier for the White Sox and the Dodgers to get carted off to their specific parts of their uh fields because they share the facility in uh, Camelback Ranch. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's in right field. He's as close to the Sox facility as you can get. Um, I think the idea basically don't walk back into the dugout just to then have to walk down the line. Exactly. Uh, You don't go into the dugout and into the tunnel to get 
examined, you got to go out the right field gate. And so I think the idea is that they just wanted to get him out of there as quickly as they could have. And with this talk with, with Vaughn's injury, uh, one to two weeks is the timetable. We're 12 days away from opening day. Before we get into the idea of can they trust him in right field because of his defense, do we think that he'll be ready for opening day? Again, one to two weeks, 12 days away from opening day. Are you concerned that you know they might be without Andrew Vaughn for the first game of that opening series against Detroit? They might be. I mean, yeah. just because all we can do is go by the timeline that they've given us is say back to game action within the next two weeks, basically. And, you know, within the next two weeks is games that start counting. So uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, I don't think it's something to be concerned about with the information that we currently have uh, in terms of it affecting the White Sox record or anything like that. But Andrew Vaughn might not play the first day, the first weekend. We'll see. You know what I mean? And But it doesn't sound like it would be something that would knock him out, that would require an injured list stint or anything like that. Right. And you mentioned rave reviews of him in the outfield last year. I remember Tony saying in spring training that uh, he's above average uh, in, 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 in the outfield. What else did you hear, like, you know, at least, you know, what quotes stood out, stood out, if any, about Vaughn's ability to play defense? Like, what, what's the view of him as a defender in the clubhouse? I think Tony says pretty consistently, you know, what, what one of you guys just mentioned, he's an athlete, you know what I mean? And I think that when you talk about the ability to play different positions on the field, that's kind of the first thing that comes up, is not whether or not you have uh, X years of experience doing it, but whether you're literally physically able to do it. And I think we saw from Andrew Vaughn that last year he did what he was supposed to do. And that's where the rave reviews come from, right? It's not like he was trying to do too much, which is a classic uh, baseball no-no, You know, right. whether you're at the plate or in the field, that kind of thing. You, you saw him out there catching the balls he was supposed to catch, making the plays he was supposed to play. And, and I think that the idea was that could very easily translate over to right field because now he's had a whole year of bouncing all over the place, taking fly balls. And, and, and yeah, obviously left field and right field are different, just like center field's different from the three of them. They're not interchangeable by any means. You got to know what you're doing out there. But I think that they are confident that after seeing a year of him playing the outfield, that he could transition very easily uh, you know, to doing that kind of thing again if needed. And you got to remember, too, he wouldn't, wasn't going to be asked to do that in 162 games. They've got all these guys that they were going to cycle in and out of there. Um, but I think that they were as confident as they could be in his ability to get the job done the way that they, that they would deem acceptable. Herb, what's your confidence level? We see thumbs up Kevin on the screen saying, I like Ingle in right field, honestly. Robert and Ingle in the outfield is an elite defense. We were thinking that the right fielder rotation would be Ingle, Vaughn, Sheets, and then Leary Garcia at times as well in right field. The Sox are confident in, in those three are you confident now after seeing Vaughn's adventures in right field, seeing the dangers possibly of it happening, uh, are you still confident in the plan of, of those three in right field? I mean, I'm, it's not preferred, but what it is, it's fine. It's going to, especially with this lineup the White Sox have, those three are not going to feel pressure to perform. I think if they do the things in the back of the baseball card, Usually, like in the minors, I mean, Vaughn didn't play that much. They'll be fine. Everything will be work out as it should. It'll be an average right fielder, which we haven't had in a while. I think that the, the thumbs up Kevin brings up a good point. If Vaughn is out for two weeks, I would love to have Adam Engel start those games in Detroit, depending on the pitcher, especially if it's Tariq Skubal starting or Eduardo Rodriguez, because of that cavernous right field. It's a huge ballpark. 
and he can he's played there. He can man that position in the interim while Vaughn is uh, com- uh, getting back to 100%. Don't rush it. I know these games count them as much as the games in September, but I don't want one of our hitters that we're going to be counting on this year to be down for a longer time period. Like last year with Adam Engel, we're like, okay, he's going to be ready at spring training. Then it's going to be ready beginning of the year. Then it just kept on going. And then every time he come back, his hamstring was messed up. So I want him to do whatever he needs to do to get back to 100%. And that right field will be fine, be all right. I think by, by the time June comes around, like, what are we talking about? Mike Conforto, these guys are fine. Yeah, I don't know about they that. They won't be like, oh, my God, Mike Conforto sucks. But you'd be like, this is a fine right field platoon. We're getting by. We're in first place. Who cares? That's like that's fine. I understand what you're saying, but like that's what I think as as doing this podcast, I want the Sox to avoid because yes, it's fine when it's June, it's fine when it's August, mm-hmm. it's fine in September, but we've seen now for two straight years that and it's not solely based on their right field production, but it hasn't been good enough. So like whatever is fine right now and whatever on paper could possibly win them a championship, it hasn't yet. And it feels like that's been at least the idea in the clubhouse is that, you know, the team that they've rolled out in 2020 and the team that they've rolled out in 2021 uh, hasn't been perfect. It seems like Rakan still wants to add to the teams, uh, but it still feels like they've thought highly enough where the team could be championship level. And I think that it's just not championship level to now be having one of the three guys in right field, I have worries that he's going to hurt his ability to stay on the field now just because, and it's not to an Eloy level, but there was a play in August 15th against the Yankees, uh, Sox versus Yankees, uh, a Sunday, and this is from Jim Margulis and Sox Machine. Uh, he, he has a clip of Giancarlo Stanton hitting a ball the opposite way. It's down the right field line. Vaughn tries to make a play, dives, misses the ball completely, and he falls completely face first, and, and it looks like he tweaks his back. And he said that place, uh, play, play took place on August 15th. Vaughn homered early in that game to raise his line to 263, 333, 459, and that was the highest peak that his OPS reached was on August 15th. And then after that play where he dived and, and you know landed awkwardly on his stomach and on his back, he hit 133, 220, 167. Uh, he, he only had one extra base hit after that. I do just wonder that, you know, maybe it wasn't the the length of 162 last year, but maybe it was just the actual defense and, and playing right field that led to his hitting downfall last year. Like, I, I do worry that him playing the field and, and him playing a, a more extraneous position like right field led to that injury and then led to the White Sox being down another player just because they were down Ingle at that same time as well. Yeah, I would say do what do what you did last year in left field if you're Andrew Vaughn. Don't try to make plays that you're not confident in making. You know what I mean? Like he he did the reason he was so good filling in is because he he controlled himself, you know what I mean? And I think that there's no there's nothing wrong with having somebody who's playing an under control right field even if you're not making spectacular plays and some balls are getting down for for hits, just don't don't be but, out of control. But even in that athlete regard and, like, what guys want to do and just instincts of, like, oh, I need to get to this ball. Like, there's a couple, like, we were just going through, like, uh, the MLB film, film room of balls Andrew Vaughn caught in, in right and left field. And there was, like, four or five dives that just looked awkward and clunky. So it was, like, last year he was still even doing this of, of putting his body on the line even when he was playing fairly safe out in the, out in the outfield. This I think. reminds me of the time when 
We spoke about him earlier. Avi Garcia was having an awesome start to his year. Uh, went out to Colorado. I think he hit a home run in that game. I think Jose Abreu's first two home runs in his career also happened in that Colorado game. But Avi did a headfirst dive where I think it cost him a significant amount of time that year. And he wasn't right the rest of the time. And the White Sox pretty much told him, hey, if you're going to dive for a ball, go feet first. You know, we don't expect you to make any spectacular plays. Just get to the balls you can get to, throw out the people, throw to the cutoff man, and do not dive head first at all. They're out of your, you're out of your repertoire now. That might be the thing you do with Andrew Vaughn because you don't want him to get hurt. And and it's what we heard last year about Aloy too. Mm-hmm. When when Aloy came right. back and and you know got a little too uh, close to that wall again, just you know right after having been knocked out with an injury that was the exact same situation, you know. And, and Tony La Russa said we're going to make sure he plays with his feet on the warning track so he can't go <laughs> back into the wall any more. You know. So I think that part of this is coaching because as as much as people talk about Aloy's defense. Uh, you know, and, and and you brought up Avi Garcia. Those two guys are outfielders. Like, the, the criticisms are, oh, you can't put a first baseman in right field because that kind of thing will happen. Well, it happens with outfielders. It mm-hmm. happens with guys who've been playing the outfield their right. whole life. It, it comes down to being able to make those kind of plays. The the way that you're playing outfield might have worked for, the, for however many years, or it might have worked for however many months if you're Andrew Vaughn, mm-hmm. right? right? And now you need to... To be coached up. Now you need to edit that a little bit, uh, and I and I think that the White Sox are capable of doing that. It just comes down to whether those guys are going to listen to them. Yeah. First <laughs> off, uh, great memory uh, on your your part, Herb. Uh, April 9th is when Avi Garcia dove in uh, Colorado and knocked him out from April 9th to August 16th. Like I know it was early in the season, but he was doing some work with the bat at that yeah. time. Two sixty seven, three fifty three, four sixty seven for an OPS of eight twenty. Yeah, he was coming. Yeah, that so, was the year. I was like, here we go, Avi. Well, nope. Going up to that point, though, you bring up, Vinny, about coaching. Uh, what, what should the coaching be from here on out, Herb? I, I do think the idea of Andrew Vaughn not taking any more headfirst dives, that sounds like a nice part, uh, just because it does seem very awkward. Like, it does seem like more of a flail than, like, a, a very smooth athletic move. Well, it, not it everybody's like Luis he, Robert. No, that's true, <laughs> and I'm not saying that everybody is, but, you know, some people are at least Adam Eaton, or, or you know, some people are uh, Adam Engel, or... Uh, even Maglio Ordonez or, or Alex Rios, like you know, it's it's it, no one's Luis Robert. Luis Robert is Luis Robert. Uh, but with Vaughn, like, is there any specific thing that you'd like him to see uh, in the outfield do, or at least adjust to in right field? His rules are the Alloy rules: get to every ball he can to his left, run as fast. When you see that warning track, slow up. Don't even don't even try it. If you can get the ball without going further onto the warning track. Awesome. You can't let it go. Anything to your right, Andrew Vaughn. Anything to your right, Andrew Vaughn. Make sure that Luis Robert is in the different area code. Like, literally, (laughs) just look at Luis. If he's running towards you, just stop. Stop. Don't do anything. He'll get there. And if he doesn't, hell, you're still in the lineup. You're still healthy. We're fine. Like I said, we don't need these guys to be hurt. If your defense is hurting your availability, then you shouldn't be out there. And we have a specific specific position you can play without hurting your uh, yourself on the defense, and that's DH. Right. I know, and he'll be playing there a lot. That'll be great. Right. Like, I don't know if Gavin Sheets is a better right fielder, but I would much rather have Gavin Sheets be hurt than Andrew Fawn. Well, what about if this, we're choosing this topic here? Uh, if we if we are choosing, like we have three guys who can play right field. 
Leary Garcia is 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 a yes, right yeah, can. There's one play. that can definitely. Uh, th- play there's it. one guy who is an outfielder by trade and a bingle, and then there are three other guys: Leary Garcia, Andrew Vaughn, and Gavin Sheets, who also play other positions. Mm-hmm. Um, could we see Andrew Vaughn just shift to the DH position, and then we see Leary be worked into right field more often because I, there is the Josh Harrison. Safety. I think I think you're happen. I think you're hurting your lineup if you do that. Uh, if, if you're saying if you're saying we're scared to put Andrew Vaughn in right field, we're scared to put Gavin Sheets in right field. Right. You're hurting yourself offensively. Well, I'm I'm fine with Sheets, but like if if Vaughn is an issue because I think Vaughn like we we, we I think you can make the argument that it's possible he hurt himself last year in the field, um, and now he already hurt himself again in the field. Like if you want to get him consistent bats. He's already wearing 25 because of Jim Tomey, because of all the, the guidance Jim Tomey gave him to be a DH. Like, why not make that his natural position? Because that's what it was supposed to be before last year and before Eloy hurt himself in the outfield. Because you can, because, because you can put him in right field, and, and, and it's not like you know he's going to you know, fall into a vat of quicksand. You know what I mean? They're, we're talking about a couple of plays that didn't go right, and, and yeah. you might want to coach those kind of things up. Absolutely. But um, you can put Andrew Vaughn in right field and allow him both – him and Gavin Sheets to be in your lineup. You can put Gavin Sheets in right field and allow him and Yasmani Grandal to, to have a day off from catching and still be in your lineup. I mean, these these are pluses. These versatility are pluses. I know everybody wants to, you know, set it and forget it kind of thing, and, and, and that's, that is its own kind of luxury at times. But when you are able to go through a 162-game season and give guys days off and use, use a spot – where you're confident in the guys, as the White Sox are, White Sox fans might feel a little differently, but you're confident enough in the guys that you are consider them a plus in your lineup, both offensively and defensively, you can use that spot to accomplish a lot of things on the field. Maybe Leori Garcia needs to go play third base for a day because Yoan Moncada needs a breather. Then you're allowed to have but then you're allowed to have Vaughn in right field, Sheets at DH. Maybe uh, you know Angle's gonna play right field one day, Vaughn can still DH. I mean, the, the Tony LaRussa but all managers, but especially Tony LaRusso, loves this mixing and matching, and I think that is a positive for them when they have these. When with the way the roster is currently constructed, if you can get all those guys at bats and be confident in them, go ahead. Yeah. Herb, what do you think about the idea of making Vaughn a, a full-time DH so he doesn't have to play the field? I think he's way too young. We talked about this. Uh, the designated hitter spot is really hard to master. And I know he talked to Jim Tomey, but Jim Tomey is Jedi guidance is one of one. You know, there's not a lot of Jim Tomeys that could do what he did. And, you know, it's a hard job to just sit there and like, okay, I struck out that first time. Damn it. That's tough. Now I got to think about my next at bat and I got, I can't do the field part where I can just forget about it naturally because I got to pay attention to what's going on with the pitch. Now I got to just like sit there and let that strikeout marinate in my body. It's like, son of a bitch, what did I do? That guy's going to come back to me with that same thing. You're just thinking about that at bat that whole time. That mental strain I don't think is good for a young player, especially a young player that hasn't established himself with a full year of baseball playing. Like last year was mostly a full year. Uh, he got hurt a little bit, but like why are we throwing him to a full-time designated hitter spot? That's why last year when they were saying that, I was like, you're jumping both from single A to the majors – and you're going to be a designated hitter, that's really tough. So, yeah, a couple of spots, a couple of bats at designated hitters, 30, 40 games, but not the primary DH guy. I would rather have, if we're doing the, hey, who's better right fielder between Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn, I would say Andrew Vaughn. And I would want 
the better fielder out there. But if we're doing, hey, who would you rather have out of the lineup if somebody needs to get hurt? Yeah, Andrew, Andrew Vaughn is the more valuable piece. So I would put him at designated hitter if we feel that he is at risk to injure himself out there in right field. And, and my, my thought would just be this, too. Would you have asked that question? Would you have asked any of these questions when you woke up yesterday? You know what I mean? Like, I understand no. I understand what the play looked like and, and you know, the, the visuals of a guy getting carted off and everybody's memory of Aloy having the same problem a, a year ago. But as we know right now, it's a bruised hip that is going to keep him out for a week and a half. Right. You know what I mean? And and that and as Gavin Sheets told uh, Scott Merkin of MLB.com, I'd have talked to multiple, uh, you know, media members today, but I saw Merk tweeted out. Gavin Sheets says... You can bruise your hip at first base. You can bruise your hip playing left field, and I mean, and, and or you can bruise your hip right, playing but, third base. I mean, and 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 so here's the thing: when we talk about Aloy, we have, you know, the the evidence piles up, and so when people ask this question, should Aloy be DHing? You know what I mean? They they have a uh, a body of work to talk about. Let's not say let's not uh, ship Andrew Vaughn off to full time DH because of one diving play he made in, in a spring training. You got Jimbo over there. Come on, Jimbo, with the Mike Rodolfo love. No, come on. Come on. He, he come can on. love Mike Rodolfo hey. all he wants. Guys, I want to chime in with something that uh, LaRusso said just recently, actually. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about fans, uh, White Sox fans that wants to go outside the organization to get another right fielder. He said, uh, you are probably not White Sox fans. White Sox fans know we have guys in the camp who can handle it. What do you guys think about that? Well, they, they do have guys in the camp that can handle it. I mean, they do. Uh, the guys that we're mentioning, Sheets, Engel, Adolfo, uh, I mean, Cespedes, like they have guys in camp to handle it, absolutely. Just none of those guys are Michael Conforto. Uh, Adam Engel has not had the health that Conforto has and doesn't have the bat. Gavin Sheets doesn't have the the, the defensive resume that, that Conforto has. Uh, Conforto has five full seasons of being a right fielder. So they don't have the true experience that Michael Conforto has or somebody outside of the organization might have. I do think, Vinny, to your question about asking, uh, you know, would I ask this question if I woke up the, the, this morning yesterday about Vaughn being the full-time DH, no, but I do have more information. Like, the, looking back now at, at that play on August 15th where he's diving out in the field and then he has the, the rough end to August in September the way he does. Like, the question is, it, it, did he hurt his back and tweak his back and then hurt his ability to help the team in August and September because of he was trying to do too much on defense? So, like, I, I didn't know that that play happened. So now that I know that this play happened, like... I would rather see Andrew Vaughn develop as a hitter more than anything. So if he goes and just plays 120 games this year at DH, I don't think I'd be upset at that because he's working on trying to become the hitter that I think that we all know he has the potential to be. So I, I, I'm only throwing out the question because I don't want his hitting to be stunted again because mm -hmm. I thought he was truly on his ascension throughout you know August last year. I, th I thought that he was finding his own, and it feels like he was really set back by that injury. So if he can avoid that injury and still maintain his progression as a hitter, I think he can do that at the DH position, which is why I bring up the question. And to answer Stephen Nicholas, who is our producer today. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Herb. Um, to answer his question, I think Tony's just given confidence to the people who are already in the clubhouse. Right. I mean, that's what a manager is supposed to do. Pump up the guys who are there. Maybe they have self-doubt, but Tony's like, no, I have no doubt. We have more than enough to cover it. We're good. And that transfers throughout the clubhouse. Like, hey, Skip believes in me. I believe in myself. Let's go. And what yeah. else is Tony going to say? Right. Exactly. Tony's not going to say, yeah, oh boy, 
Mm. Yeah, because these guys, oh, boy. Oh, yeah, oh, no. real good. No, I, I, let's put it this way also, too. Like, I think this is a real this – is, this is almost like a chicken or the egg thing, too, a little bit, because all these people, all these, all these White Sox fans and very loud ones on Twitter want them to sign the one remaining name-free agent so badly. And Dexter Fowler. The, yeah, Dexter Fowler, <laughs> of course. And, they, and they, did, they, did, they did when they woke up yesterday morning, and I think they saw something yesterday that they believe – reinforced that this is then this is such a no-brainer move us you know this needs to happen right now I don't know if I would go as far to say that seeing Andrew Vaughn make a clunky dive in right field me is the be-all end-all if they don't do this they're not winning the world if they don't sign Conforto they're not winning the world series because of that one play I will say this obviously as I think we're all in agreement if they sign him they're better yes that's true (laughs) It's just true. Yeah, he's a good mad. player. Yes. They would add a good player. If they sign him, they're better. But I think that – I also think that it's possible that they can win and win big with what they've got in right field right now. Yeah, which is fair, and I, yeah. I would agree with that. And I think that truly the play the, – the reaction that I have to the play is more is Vaughn going to hurt himself and then therefore hurt the team's ability to win a championship uh, by doing too much in the outfield? That's the first question that's clearly raised. And then the other one is – did they do enough outside of even right field? Because if they had a, a more competent DH uh, that, that they could rely on, then, you know, I, I don't know, maybe they could focus more time on, on him playing right field uh, and, and him, you know, truly trying to just be a right fielder rather than, you know, maybe you'll be the, the in waiting to Jose Abreu or maybe you'll be our full-time DH at some point. Like, it doesn't feel like he truly has his his future position. So I think if even if they took more of a step to make – right field more of his position during this offseason, I would have felt more comfortable like, all right, well, that's that's growing pains out in right field for a a future right fielder. Like, I don't know if it's even worth it for him to play right field because I don't know if this is what he'll be doing in five years. But then, but look at the Dodgers, right? Everybody wants, everybody wants to be the Dodgers and the the Dodgers are successful in part because they've got nine guys that can play nine different positions, it Mm -hmm. seems. (laughs) Right. But even then, like Cody Bellinger too, like, I mean, he's, he's playing all around the the diamond and you know, he's, he stinks now. So he can still come, he can still come here. Um, (laughs) But yes, I get what you're saying, but it adds to the legend. We look back 15 years from now, it's like, man, that legend, Andrew Vaughn, he started his career playing left field for us. Then he went to right field. And eventually, when Jose left, he assumed first base and became the best hitter in White Sox history. Blah, blah, blah. At Paul Canerco was a catcher. Uh, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to use... Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt from your uh, from, of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever, so you could start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we mentioned the uh, CHGO Locker and getting a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. Uh, shirts are still being printed, uh, and they, they will be sent out soon. Soon, uh, and very soon. Had a lot of people ask, but it was a big order. Uh, so big order means a lot of time to uh, print all those shorts, shirts and get them shipped out uh, all throughout the, uh, the country. So thank you for ordering one. Thank you for supporting CHGO. And if you have ordered a shirt, 
uh, you know, back on March 4th when we launched. Uh, shirts will be coming soon. So stay patient. Uh, your, your, your dope merch will be coming to you soon. Let's get into our final topic here. We'll be doing this all throughout the week on the CHGO White Sox podcast. We'll be previewing the other teams in the division. Herb, how are we going to do this? Uh, we, we starting at the bottom and going up to the top? I mean, it, if there's anything we need to do, firstly, Stephen, can you help me out? I love that thing, Joe Biden. God. Um, But, yeah, we're going to be discussing their lineup first, of course, because they just got a big-time free agent, and then their pitching staff, which is a little underwhelming. So I think the Minnesota Twins, with their lineup as currently constructed, have a just below what the White Sox have uh, as far as, if we could show that, Stephen, it's Byron Buxton is the key. Oh, look at Rocco there. Wow. Uh, Rocco Baldelli. <laughs> hey. Did you put that together? He's great. great. job. See, weird-ass Minnesota Twins in there, too. <laughs> Byron Buxton is a MVP candidate. They got if, a standee of Rocco Baldelli somewhere. Yeah. At the, at, the, at the local grocery store. He wants you to buy ginger ale. At the local Hy-Vee in Minnesota. <laughs> in Minnesota, Stephen. No? Sorry, Cody. No, Cardi, Cody. Let's go. Every time. The Cubs guy's bothering our producer. So. <laughs> come on, Cody. Yeah, yeah, um, come on. Yeah, Byron Buxton's the MVP. We have Polanco, who had a couple years ago, was really good. He fell off since then. Carlos Correa, we spoke about him. Kepler, every time the White Sox throw a pitch, we remember the beginning of last uh, 2020 right. when Lucas Giolito threw a fastball and Max Kepler deposited it quickly, and then I think he did it the next inning. So Max Kepler, uh, German-born, kills the White Sox. Like, that, that lineup is pretty solid. Like mm-hmm. When you go down to the seventh spot and you have Gary Sanchez, who hasn't been the guy that he was with the Yankees initially, a resurgence could be in Minnesota right now. That is a solid lineup. A really solid lineup. Yeah, and there's a guy in there too. I'm not even seeing. I, I you know, I think you know if you if you put Sanchez as the, as the catcher, maybe you can throw in a DH somewhere else. Luis Arise yeah, has yeah. been really good right. for the Twins, also. <laughs> um, and I mean, too. and Polanco. Polanco was really good last year. Polanco yeah, I don't know. Why thirty you're home runs. Polanco yeah. here. Oh, sorry. I thought he was really good the year before. But, though. I mean, you got Polanco and Correa up the middle now. I mean, this uh, that lineup is, I would say, definitely the second-best lineup in the division. Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, I'm, so the, the complaints when it comes to Minnesota is the pitching, as I feel it has been, you know, entering seasons at the very least for years now. And, you know, the, the listen, they hit, and they can hit against the White Sox. Uh, so I, I think a lot of the guys in that lineup who had real down years last year Probably going to, you know, water going to find its level a little bit, and, and, and they should be a little scarier to opposing pitchers. When I looked staff. at their starting rotation, I was like, ooh, friends. It's bad. <laughs> we are in trouble in Minnesota. Yeah, look at that. Up. Real bad. You got uh, Sonny Gray, Dylan Bundy, <laughs> and then it gets a little bit worse. Bailey every, Ober. Yeah, name you go. Bailey Ober, Joe Ryan, Lewis Thorpe, and they have Randy Dobnak and Kenta Maeda on the injured list. Maeda's got Tommy John, and then Randy Dobnak's got uh, Climber's Finger. Is he a what? mountain yeah. climber? What is climber's, got climber's finger? finger? It's a climber. It's a it's an injury to your point pointer finger. So I guess he's a sinker ball pitcher. Okay. So I guess since the way he's gripping it, he's like gripping it too hard, and uh, he he injured it, and then it got healthy, and then he re-injured it, and then he hurt the other one on a different so it's finger. Climber's finger because you're pulling yourself up. You're on a pull- mountain. Okay. Yeah, you're pulling yourself up on the mountain, and I guess since he's pulling down on the seams for his sinker, he's just absolutely I mean, ripping an- apart. Another his victim of the sticky stuff. You probably have to grab a little tighter That's if you true. don't have enough uh, grip on the ball. So probably uh, the sticky stuff hurt Radney Dubnyak and Josh Harris, uh, Josh uh, Hamilton. Donaldson. Got Donaldson could have said that to him. 
It's like what, no one has the sticky stuff now. Well, His own damn teammate sucked. Too, Randy's a former Uber driver, so you know he's probably gripping the wheel too tight. Absolutely, and, you know, and mustache, cut. mustache guy as well. Oh, big mustache! Oh, yeah, guy. big he mustache is. guy. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a big seventy. Like, definitely like the 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 backup, uh, like a pianist in a band. Uh, keyboard, Ray, keyboard guy, yeah, a keyboard. Yeah, guy. He how about guitar? Ooh, guitar. There you go. Dovnak on the keyboard. He looks like it. He's wearing like a uh, Miami Vice jacket. <laughs> Got a nice flow in the back. Uh, you talked about the pitching, though, because the lineup is nice. I, I, do, I do think that Buxton and Correa, those guys are superstars. There are injury concerns with them. Uh, Correa hasn't played many times over 120 games in a season. Uh, Buxton has been on and off, but when they are healthy, they're probably the best at their positions. Uh, but the, the lineup does feel like it has enough to at least lift them up if one of those guys isn't there or, or one of those guys isn't healthy. Uh, but if they don't have Buxton and Correa for the, major, the, the majority of the season, I, I really don't see them as a threat for the White Sox. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I think, Herb, you, you, the way you phrased it was perfect is like the lineup comes just below the White Sox. I think the team in general yeah. probably comes just below the White Sox. And, and it's not – they made some great moves to be a lot better than they were <laughs> last year to make, some, to make some challenges in the division – I think if you're just talking about the what's on paper, the White Sox have the much better roster. That being said, you got to play the games, and 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 the White Sox won the division by an awful lot last year. I don't think anybody's expecting them. Certainly, the way the talk was, if you talk to Rick Hahn and, and players and everything, uh, you know, last November, the expect the expectation was the division was going to be a lot closer. Now you got some proof as to why it's going to be a lot closer, and look, you know. Look who it is, the Minnesota Twins, as it always seems to be, right? Weird-ass Minnesota, Minnesota Twins, twins. in yeah. stereo. Minnesota twins. There it is. Thank you, Karsten Charles. Is that his real name? It is. Karsten. Karsten. Charles. Karsten Charles Sabathia. Sabathia, hmm. Karsten Charles. Charles. Yeah, that's that's, 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 that's why he went with CC. Well, yeah, so CC <laughs> is a lot better than Ch- Charleston. I and would not be hell, able to say that. if I was born Herbert Lee Bass, I have a different last name, the third, if I would have known that Trey was available. You've been calling me Trey right now. I'm Trey not, Lawrence. Not Herbert. <laughs> uh, going back to the rotation now, I, I do think that that's probably their biggest weak point. Uh, Bailey Ober, uh, I know that, you know, Sonny Gray and Dylan Bundy, those are names that I think people recognize. I think they just picked Joe Ryan out the streets. They did. I mean, I, I know they got him last year from Tampa Bay, and he's supposed to be decent. Wasn't Joe Ryan their senator? Or was that a different... <laughs> That's Paul no, Ryan. Paul Ryan. Was, Paul Ryan. Well, he's was from a, Minnesota or from Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. and he was a, uh, a congressperson, not a senator. Yeah, oh, come on, man. Right. My bad. A, well, a you know I was close-ish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ba- <laughs> uh, Bailey Ober is an interesting name. Uh, had had some of the best uh, K per, uh, K walk rates uh, for 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 in the MLB. Uh, so he's a guy that at twenty five he could be uh, a name that turns into something. But even then, you know, let's say Bailey Ober turns into. Uh, a truly effective pitcher for the, the Twins this year, they still only have three. Uh, Ober, uh, and yes, Joe Ryan and Lewis Thorpe, we don't know what they will do. Uh, but Gray, Bundy, Ober, it does feel like they still need to add to that rotation for it to become more of a threat. Manaya and Montas are out there. But I mean, yeah, I, I mean, they're going to need to get two guys to make this rotation anything. I mean, Dylan Bundy is not a number two. No. <laughs> No, he has stuff, but he <laughs> yeah. never put it all together. Like, he was decent, what, in Anaheim last year? I think he was decent in 2020, and then I think he was horrible in 2021. <laughs> but yeah. I'm thinking, and he's like, the number two starter. But, yeah. like, do this. Take that Minnesota Twins rotation and put him in the White Sox. Where is Sonny Gray? Fourth? 
yeah. at the highest. Or third, you could say he's a little bit better than what uh, Dylan but Cease I, is. I but do, we think that Dylan Cease is a top pitcher in the American League. I do wonder because Gray has been good in, in Cincinnati. And, and when you saw Lance Lynn come over, Lance Lynn and Gray were the two names that apparently were being discussed for when the White Sox wanted to add a starting pitcher. So... I wouldn't say that Gray wouldn't be hopeless. I mean, he might even have a, a similar, you know, bounce back or, or resurgent just like Lance Lynn did. I, I think Sonny Gray could be excellent. Yes. But you can't really compete in a division with one starting pitcher. Right. And I'm saying if the, the drop-off from Sonny Gray to Dylan Bundy is pretty gigantic, in my opinion, and that's going from one to two. I mean, that should be the, that should be the drop-off from one to five. And that's that's you cannot you cannot win a division with that rotation, and so it's no surprise that they're interested in making those kinds of upgrades because they have to. And yeah. they have youngsters that they can trade to get Manaira or another starting pitcher out well, there. And one of the names that we didn't have in that lineup was Alex Kirilov. Kirilov is a top prospect that he was know, in the lineup. Was, oh, was he? Okay, yeah, he was in the uh, right, right fielder. Right, Arise, Arise wasn't there. in there, uh, but also like uh, Royce Lewis wasn't in there. Mm-hmm. They traded Jose Barrios uh, to get Austin Martin and uh, another top prospect from the Blue Jays. Uh, so it, definitely a, a team with a lot of potential. I mean, do you think they're going to go out and add a starting pitcher, Herb? They have to if they believe that they're working. And I would say if you're signing Carlos Correa with all those options in there, go for the championship this year because that man is not spending a single day over where he has to spend in Minnesota. He's leaving. Steven, he's leaving Minnesota, right? He's leaving for sure. Oh, I want the cut. I want <laughs> the <laughs> cut. That's a, yeah. Yeah, just that one. Yeah, Herb sorry. wants you to play that all as the time. many times as you can. It's going to get played every time we say Minnesota. Yeah, so he's on. leaving. That's the point. Like, I, I, just, don't, <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, uh I really wish that the I just lost my train of thought now that the Minnesota Twins are messing me up. God damn it! It's it's no it's not your fault. Uh, Dylan Twins. Bundy over the past two years. The weird ass Minnesota Twins. Thank you, Carson. <laughs> Dylan Bundy over the past two years. Uh, you, if you don't count the shortened season where he apparently finished top ten in the AL Cy Young in 2020, yeah. uh, you combine 2020 and 2021, 156 innings uh, of 489 ERA, uh, 92 uh, ERA plus uh, of uh, an ERA plus of 92. Uh, so Vinny's right that. He's not a two. Um, if if he if he was in the White Sox rotation, like he would be the fifth. If he, he was in just, the White Sox rotation, he wouldn't be in the White Sox rotation. Right. If he was in the White Sox rotation, he wouldn't be in the White Sox rotation, and he'd be behind Ronaldo, but before Vince Velasquez. Probably. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. where we could slot right. in uh, Dylan Bundy. So yeah, I mean, it's not really that effective. Like I I would be afraid if they added Montas or Manaya. If they added both, I'd be definitely afraid. But I think you can look at this team right now. I think that they'll probably finish second in the division unless Correa or uh, Buxton get injured or if they trade Correa by the, the deadline. Or if the Tigers guys really come on on fire. I mean, you, you got to keep those guys in mind. I mean, we were talking we were talking Ugh. we were talking a week and a half yeah. ago about about the Tigers being the team to challenge the White Sox. But and they didn't I'm have Correa at that point. I do think oh, Correa sure. puts the, the Twins pretty clearly over the Tigers. Uh. No, but it, I, I mean, think the, I think the Tigers have an if. <laughs> I think the Tigers have a bigger if. You know what I mean? There's a bigger question mark going on there. The Tigers, I think, have the luxury of being able to take their time with the, with those guys, and they should they should use it. But also, if those guys are as good as the prospect rankings say they are, and they catch fire in May, That's who knows? Point, right? And they are, their offense is uh, also potent. What I was gonna say is that if you're the Minnesota Twins, you have to throw all your chips in because thank you. You have to because Carlos Correa is not staying here, so might as well go out. Go to Cincinnati again. They're, they got Castillo on the team. Now you got cost certainty. He's got his arbitration number met. Go out and get him. That makes that Sonny Gray to go to two. The great Dylan Bunny goes to three. That 
is a team that maybe compete. Then you might have to go get Montas or Manaya from Oakland. And they have the prospects to get both of these guys. And they have a team rare. That team with that pitching rotation and that starting rota- starting lineup beats the White Sox. All right, it's prediction time. You can look into the AL Central. We're going to have to make a prediction all throughout the week because we'll be previewing the Minnesota Twins. We'll be previewing the Kansas City Royals, the Detroit Tigers, uh, the, the Cleveland Guardians. We'll be previewing all those teams. Got to make a prediction. Vinny, if I ask you right now where the Twins will end up in the AL Central at the end of the year on October 3rd when all the games are played, where do you think the Twins will finish up? Two. Herb? I'm going three. Okay, I'll go two, too. Who do you think is going to finish above them? Detroit Tigers. I have a huge uh, belief in the Detroit Tigers. And I have a feeling that they're going to be good enough where they don't get rid of Correa, but they just won't have enough pitching to get them over the Sox. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it could be relatively close. Not, not you know, down to game 162 maybe, <laughs> but I think, you know, I think it could be relatively close. I mean, compared to last year, especially when it was, a you know, over a dozen games that the White Sox won the division by, I don't think you're going to see that again this year. Yeah, they're in trouble, I think the Sox are, if 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 – Twins are breathing down their neck this early. I feel like they should have a comfortable lead this year. 2023 might be difficult. 2024 might get difficult. But if the Sox have one more easy year to win the AL Central, I think in their window, uh, at least right now looking at it, this is probably going to be the easiest the AL Central gets unless Minnesota does go out big and start adding a a lot more starting pitching uh, to their team. Got to thank Vinny Duber for his great work on this episode of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. Got to thank the man in the middle, Herb Lawrence, for his, not only his great thoughts. Did you give a prediction for the Minnehota Twins? Sorry. Yes. I no, I, I said second. Okay. You yeah. both love the Minnehota Twins. Well, right. I, I do. I, I think Minnesota that, I Twins. Thank you. Twins. I said it wrong. Thank you for correcting me. I don't know if I love them. But, like, I do think that especially with their prospect pool that they can add to this team and that they will stay competitive until like September 10th. And then like, I think that's when the White Sox magic number will probably be down to like three, four, five, maybe six. We'll see what Scott Merkin's tweeting out. Uh, But you know, I think, I think that's when the Sox magic number will be dwindling down uh, at that point. But yeah, I think they'll finish second. All right. All right. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. We got to thank uh, the man pressing the Minnesota buttons, uh, Stephen Nicholas, uh, for his great work. Oh, I thought you were going to press it. I was looking at your I'm, – I'm just trying to – I am now. There you go. I, I, I didn't want to step over it, but it looked like you were in the, the, the area there. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. This is the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Sign up today using the code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. We will talk to you tomorrow. We'll preview uh, many different AL Central teams, and we'll talk about other stuff here on the CHGO White Sox podcast.